Rich Risfield with American Egg Network here. I'm at NAFB in Kansas City, and with me I have got Rob Fox with CoBank, a uh, economist with CoBank. And so farm labor is uh, in the news and, you know, uh, always looking for the next avenue of where we're going to get some of these workers. Uh, talk a little bit about that, would you? Where we're at, where we've been, and where we're headed. Well, Rich, I've been trying to raise the red flag on this issue for almost two years now. I've been given presentations warning that our demographics in the United States are such that every year we have more people retiring than we do having the, the uh, entering the workforce. And you know, a lot of people were aware of that. But I think what they didn't know is that around about 2007, 2008, the, the Great Recession hit, and that caused a steep decline in fertility rates in the United States, and they've never recovered, right? And so why do I bring that up is because those babies that were born right about then, they're just about entering the workforce today, they're just about ready to. So, you know, we're gonna, this is going to accelerate. Now there's a couple other important factors to consider. One is since the pandemic, legal immigration has plummeted by about 1.2 million fewer immigrants each year to add to the workforce. So that has been a major problem. And then COVID itself caused some serious changes in dynamics with people being forced to leave the labor force and then deciding to not re-enter or being unable to enter the workforce due to family situations or, or illness or age or whatnot. And it's causing an acute shortage of uh, daycare uh, availability for you know middle and lower class folks. So uh, that has led to more parents having to stay at home and not, not get in the workforce. So you combine kind of all three of those things and we have a severe shortage of, of workers in America. And that's really none of those things are, are likely to change in the coming few years. So it's, it's a new paradigm we have to get used to and employers need to get more creative and more analytical about what they can do to attract and keep good workers, right? And that's kind of a holistic approach of realizing that, hey, people need more flexible schedules. They need somehow to get health uh, you know, benefits. They need daycare. Uh, they need housing and all these, these things. And, you know, how can we facilitate it in a way, you know, that, that we can attract workers and keep the keep good ones? Well, and that, yeah, I mean, we are going to need those workers going to the future for sure. Now, when we talk about farm too, of course, a big part of farming is the farm income outlook and how we can keep farmers sustainable and making it so we can keep producing food for the world and for ourselves. So where have we been in the last couple of years? Where are we at now? And what kind of do you see moving forward into the future here? Well, there's a couple of things I want to, you know, first for background, 2020, 21 and 22, all have been really strong years for farm profitability. You know, and that's mostly been driven by uh, high commodity prices for, uh, you know, grains and meat, poultry, uh, dairy products. And, um, uh, and at the same time, costs were what we thought were kind of high, but the prices more than made up for it. So we're coming off of three very good years for farm profitability. And we have a change of paradigm happening right now. You know, farmers right now have, are, have lined up or are lining up 
their input supply for the 2023 growing season, and they're across the board, they're facing costs of you know, 15, 20, 25% increases on, on everything, even more higher than that on fertilizer, but diesel and propane and chemicals and seed and rent, land rent is not going down either. So all these costs are, are coming on strong and prices are still historically good but they're not good enough really to, to provide strong profitability probably for 2023, which means more or less farms are gonna be plus minus break even. Uh, I would say both you know, row crop farmers and uh, livestock producers. I think probably the scenario is a little bit better for livestock producers uh, in 2023, but let me circle back to something you know you talked about feeding the world and we've had it in my 30 years of, of covering ag markets we've had a complete 180 with as a country with respect to promoting free trade and free access for our agricultural products and we're even more dependent agri, u.s agriculture is even more dependent on trade than it was 20, 30 years ago. So, you know, we've gotten ourselves into an anti-free trade environment, which, you know, other countries are busy uh, in multinational free trade agreements, which leaves us on the outside looking in, you know, and we we face 10 or 15 percent headwinds, you know, on, on other countries that, that have free access and we don't, right? So, you know, you, I only brought that up because you asked about feeding the world. Well, it would help us, you know, if we could be more active in, in uh, you know, getting better access for U.S. farm products. So if farmers want to, uh, you know, and producers, they want to get a hold of you guys and maybe discuss some of these things and moving forward and find out, you know, how they can get some help out from your guys' expertise, how do they do that? Where do they go? So it's real easy. Just go to Google, type in CoBank, C-O-B-A-N-K, Knowledge Exchange. We'll come up as the first link. Click on that. You'll see access to all our reports and publications. You can submit your you know, email information. You'll get added to our distribution list. It's totally free. There's no catch or anything like that. Our contact information is all there. We have five economists on staff shoot us an email or, or what, try to be helpful. Well, perfect. Well, Rob, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. Thanks so much.